0: From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton.
1: That's right. It's another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down everything going on, District 4 in the state of Idaho each and every week. Brandon Bainey with the guy who was just jamming out on the video. If you're watching this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you saw Scott Burton rocking out. Scott, what's going on?
0: Oh, not much. Ask Lauren Jensen how the rocking out went uh, at Girls State Basketball because uh, he got party boy a couple times as I was up there <laughs> doing my thing. And, okay. Uh, made a spectacle.
1: Explain for our audience that may not know, what is, what is the party boy?
0: Well, is to, to my understanding, <laughs> uh, you get up nice and close to somebody, just kind of get in their bubble. And just do one of those things, you know, Uh, and and basically it's not so much about the dance move as it is making someone completely uncomfortable and uh, being a bubble buster. So uh, for me, it's, it's never about the dance moves. Those are natural. But getting in somebody's bubble and goofing them up, that's the fun part
1: making people uncomfortable that's your wheelhouse scott so. it
0: is and i'm sure you're going to segue with that and go speaking of uncomfortable i am here <laughs>
1: <laughs> well speaking of uncomfortable uh the burly bobcat sure made life uncomfortable for everybody they came across at the 4a girls state basketball tournament last week now this is perfect scott because you were on the call <laughs> for all of those 4a tournament games yeah uh you know, we, we were deprived of the matchup we all wanted to see, right? Burley and Blackfoot. Blackfoot got up upset by Skyline, which led to kind of an anticlimactic championship. But nonetheless, very impressive season for those Burley girls.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, when you have to win a, a state title, there's a lot of things that have to go your way. You know, it just doesn't happen a lot of the times. I mean, you, you have to have teams play badly and maybe get knocked off. You have to have people on your own team step up. Um, you've got to be on the correct side of the bracket, you know, which is a little bit better now than it was. But you have to have a lot of things break your way to win a state title. It's just not showing up and the best team always wins. Um, in this particular case, Burley had a lot of things break their way. They, they got the bracket they wanted. Um, they got Blackfoot on the other side. They had Blackfoot go down. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the best team in 4A ended up winning the state title, you know? So talk about the breaks that, that maybe they got with Blackfoot losing, but the way Burley was playing, you know, I, I just, I just don't see anybody beating them. And obviously it begins and ends with their all world player.
1: Yeah. Amari Whiting, right. The junior who, has committed to Oregon. She still has a year left. So, there, I mean, there's a good chance, you know, Burley runs this thing back next year. But, you know, and, and it was, it was really uh, fun for me. The The 4A championship was the first time I got to see Burley in person at state. Of course, I had seen Burley in the regular season. But, you know, Amari Whiting, all this attention is focused on her. And yet I found myself gravitating towards Sydney Searle, Lindsey Searle, all of the complimentary players because, Amari Whiting put up close to 30 points per game, but mm-hmm. it was like very unassuming and very quiet almost. And she did a really nice job of deferring to her teammates almost to a fault. Sometimes, you know, I thought a couple of times she drove and then kicked out when she didn't need to, she could have, she could have taken it to the rack and scored if she wanted to, but she knew that, you know, to to actually finish this thing and get it across the goal line, it's not going to be a one player show. She's going to need her teammates.
0: Yeah. It's really <laughs> difficult for a team to, have a ton of success and continued success when you have an all-star like Amari, because, you know, they get lost in the shadow. And then they don't really know what their role is. They don't know exactly what their purpose is on the floor. They, a team doesn't have an identity. You know, the only thing that they do is give it to their Allen Iverson and let him score a thousand points. And everybody just stands around and watches. And, you know, a lot of times we see that in these kind of role players don't feel like they're part of anything. Well I, I was interested to see um, how Burley was going to handle that and I, and I've watched them all season long because they're in our conference but the way that that group played together around a superstar was impressive because like I said, you know you get these superstar teams where they just don't gel. They, they don't have they, they don't have a team they've got one player. Burley wasn't like that because everybody contributed and their philosophy, you know, speaks to that. And I think, you know, their coaching staff uh, did a fantastic job drilling into them. What's important because that was a team that would beat your butt on the boards. And that gives everybody a purpose. You don't have to be a scorer to rebound. You just have to have a nose for the basketball. And so what they do is they just drilled that into them. And then, they, they love to run, and when you have a ball handler and a distributor like Amari was, then everybody was able to get involved. So their philosophy fit around having a superstar, and boy, it, they just really weren't, I don't want to say they weren't challenged, but you, know, you look at their back through. I mean, they beat Middleton by 11. That game was controlled by Burley most of the way. Middleton was hanging in there. Um, they got by Preston by 13, you know, and then they boat race skyline up until that fourth quarter when skyline wanted to try to get back in it, but it was way too late. So, I mean, Burley just cruised really, when you think about it through the tournament.
1: Yeah. I thought their most difficult challenge came in the opening round against Middleton. I I thought I got, I thought I got easier from there and. Part of that's max preps, you know, Middleton should have never been the seventh seed, but that's another topic for another day. Wow. Um, but for Burley, this is so exciting. So my question to you, Scott, is, you know, how realistic is it for Burley to come in next year and run it back? They're going to, they're going to lose some players, but yeah. they do bring back Whiting. So
0: Ooh, it's going to be, it's going to be tougher. It's going to be a lot tougher because, you know, the Searles were a huge part of, of all of that. um as you know, as were you know a couple of other you know seniors, but the Searles were were huge, and instrumental in that because they provided a, a little outlet for Amari to not have to do it all, um, including the rebounding, the passing, all of it. And with them gone, they're going to have to have some young players step up into the the world of this senior, and, and I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And anytime you try to run one back, it's always difficult anyway but losing the supporting cast and that's where it's at amari's going to be the player she's always going to get her points she's always going to get her her numbers i mean she's just that good but what does the supporting cast do and without one it it could be frustrating not that burley isn't going to have one but i'm just saying it might be a little bit tougher this time around
1: and now the the whiting women have a little bit of a bragging rights over the whiting men in that family right because amber whiting the the head coach uh, uh-huh. delivered a title to Mari. you know that was something that uh, trent whiting and jace whiting never accomplished it poorly they had a lot of success but never yeah. could quite climb that mountain so once again uh like it is in most families women have the uh the ultimate bragging right over the men right
0: oh yeah in in more ways than one but uh <laughs> you know, knowing that that family, they're not that competitive. So I'm sure it doesn't come up at all.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. We, we should notice, uh, before we move on, Amari Whiting did break a couple of her own four a state records, most total points in the tournament. I think she ended up with 89, which is pretty awesome. Uh, Mm -hmm. Most, most points per game in a single tournament as well. So,
0: yeah, I mean, breaking her own records that she set as a sophomore, um, breaking him as a junior and if they can get the right cast around her next year there's no reason why Burley won't be back at the state tournament and she'll have a chance to do it all again because if they do get back here next year she is still going to have to be the one to score the point so if they're back at state look for them to uh maybe have some more records broken we'll see
1: definitely uh let's talk about mountain home real quick you know they were a surprising two and out to me i thought mountain home at least would be playing on saturday but that 4a field was really loaded and and mountain home just kind of ran into a buzzsaw there at state
0: uh they did and mountain home man they they ran into a problem and and skyline wins the play-in game comes in rank number four you know and then Works their way all the way to the state title game. That was Mountain Home's draw, you know, and Mountain Home struggled finishing at the rim. That was that was their big thing because Mountain Home had the pieces to do some damage. They could shoot the ball from the outside and they had the bigs on the inside, but they just never finished at the rim. And and it just was a kind of something plaguing them. You know, they did have uh, Maddie Keener score her thousand point. In her career and that was really cool because after the game they had a nice little ceremony for before everybody could leave uh coach keener had a a game ball all ready to go just in case she hit that and when she did uh at the end of the game the pa announcer micah was in on it and stopped everything and said hey here's here it is and and uh, it was very it was a nice moment you know for maddie and and, uh, and her dad brent
1: And second Mountain Home Tiger to cross that thousand point barrier this year, along with Brandon Bethel on on the boys team. So that's really exciting. Uh, Yeah. Maddie Keener and Sadie Drake both made the honorable mention all tournament team for Mountain Home. So, you know, disappointing way to end the season at state. But what an incredible overall regular Mm -hmm. season for Mountain uh, Mountain Home. Uh, back-to-back appearances at state as well two consecutive trips so yeah
0: absolutely i mean they did a fantastic job the next couple of years and they still get maddie keener back next year so you know if they can get some pieces around her they will be contending again so we'll see
1: Definitely. Well, uh, unfortunately for the rest of the Magic Valley, you know, we had Burley with the championship, but there were no other championship winners, but still some impressive performances. I think the next best performance to come out of the Magic Valley probably was Raft River. They got to the semifinals. So, I mean, the way the max preps rankings works, it's designed to avoid those like conference opponents playing each other in the first round. But that's what we got in the one AD ones, Raft River and Oakley. Had to match up for the fourth time this year. That that was a foul plagued game, Scott. That was the game I was at. And mm-hmm. Raptor River survived 37 to 24 and then ran into that lapway buzzsaw, like so many teams do. And they just they never recovered from that because then they had to play Butte County in the third place game and mm-hmm. they ended up losing that. But but a fourth place finish for a Raptor River team that wasn't on a lot of people's radar going into the season, which is a nice season for them.
0: Oh, it was, you know, a great season, Uh, you know, despite how the state tournament ended up. I mean, they were in the shadow of Oakley and Murtaugh for so long. And next thing you know, they're stealing a berth and here they are at state. Murtaugh stays home and, you know, they did a great job in their district tournament. They just like to play that, that physical brand of basketball keeps the, you know, the points down, but the physicality high. Uh, and that works for the most part until you play a team like Lapway that will just run you off the planet. And, I mean, you can do an entire 30 for 30 on the Lapway basketball program, boys and girls. Um, but, I mean, anytime somebody sees that matchup, so we got to play Lapway, <laughs> you know, it, they, they can't be too excited about it. Because, I mean, that team right there is, is so much better than everybody else that's at the tournament. 1A, 2A, 3A, maybe 4A. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not kidding. I mean, you watch these guys play. Holy cow. It's something else.
1: I mean, every game was 25 points or better for the Lapway girls, which was impressive. So for Rat River, Caroline Schumann made the first team, all-tournament team. These were my selections as I was the broadcaster for 1A-D1. Okay. Um, so, but the problem was is they never had that second option. Like Caroline Schumann was the focal point of the offense, and they just they never had that second player step up that could, that could help offload some of that offensive scoring. And so, but the nice thing with Rap River is not a single senior on the roster, Scott. So they, they bring back everybody next
0: year. Yeah, that's really exciting for Rap River. You know, they, they are just, like I said, hard nosed kids, but now they've got a taste of state, and every single one of them was there and they know what it's going to take this time around. And, uh, and I, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see what Raff River does next year. You know Everybody stays together and stays healthy because seldom do you get teams that go to state and bring everybody back. And when you do, that experience factor makes a huge difference.
1: So the good news is Raff River brings everybody back. The bad news is Oakley only loses one senior, and <laughs> they bring back everybody in their top eight. So Oakley's gonna be right there as well. I really thought that Oakley had a chance in that opening round game with Raft River if if they hadn't gotten into foul trouble. And again, this was a game that had like 40 combined fouls between the two teams.
0: Yeah, you know, the funny thing about that, Brandon, is is you get d- these different officials from different parts of the state that that officiate different than what you're used to. And and I saw this at the forays, is players not adjusting their game on the floor. And it drove me absolutely bonkers. You know, it's, you're not getting your, your, your conference officials that know how the style in that conference works. Because I'm telling you, the 1A officials are not the same as the 4A officials. And, and you could say that across the board on anything. And so part of being a smart basketball player is going to state and knowing this and then adjusting your game accordingly. Um, I was about ready to come out of my skin at the forays as everybody's fouling out, but nobody is adjusting any part of their game. And so you've got to be smart with that. And I'm not saying that's what happened with Raptor and Oakley, but I do know the style of basketball that they play And, and it is physical and, and which I love, but if you're not getting that type of officiating, then you better adjust real quick.
1: Yeah. And, th- and that was the problem with Oakley. They ran into too much foul trouble. And once they got that first round loss out of the way against Rat river, they looked like one of the better teams of the tournament. I mean, they, they won their loser out game and then they won the consolation title over notice as well. And talking to head coach, Matt Payton, he said, you know, in that raft river game, they were just, they were a little tight. They didn't have that confidence that they had in the regular season. And he said that was going to be important if they wanted to get to day three was to have that confidence and, and play like they were confident and they did that and and addie mitten in particular i thought was really impressive for oakley she ended up making the honorable mention uh all tournament team along with fallon Bedke, the great six foot center so for oakley you know i thought once the pressure was off they played really well and i would i would expect them to be right back in the mix next year at state so
0: yeah you know and the same thing goes for them with experience but it's a it's amazing when you see a team's confidence get shattered or at least tested how how quickly that spreads throughout the unit. Because, you know, coming out of the district tournament, they dropped one to Rapp River, and that's what put them into the loser's bracket to begin with. You know, and you can't help but think that maybe that was in the back of their minds a little bit. Um, we, we lost to them at district tournament. You know, are we going to do this again at state? And confidence is a funny thing. And you've got to have a swagger. You've got to believe that you're going to go up against teams like Lapway and beat them. You know, because the minute you start letting that doubt creep in, you're sunk. And and I think you're right. Once they kind of got their confidence back a little bit, they they started playing their brand of basketball.
1: Moving on to the 1A D2s, Richfield ends up uh, winning their first round game against Ledor, falling to council in the semifinals. And then they fell to Deary in the third place game as well. But a fourth place finish for Richfield which is a tremendous mark for what is still kind of a young team. You know, they've got a lot of sophomores and juniors that are kind of leading the way there. And then, of course, Kerry uh, got in as the number eight seed overall because of the max preps rankings. And, uh, you know, they lost. They had to play Rockland, the state champs right away, lost that game. And then Kendrick got upset in their first round game. So they had to play Kendrick, which was the 1A D2 runner up last year. Mm -hmm. And so not surprising that Kerry went 0-2, a tough draw in the bracket.
0: Yeah, you know, and those are what we're talking about earlier, about things having to break your way to earn a trophy, to win a title. And for Kerry, they just got two of the worst draws they could possibly imagine. One out of the gate and then an upset that'll, you know, allowed them to face Kendrick. So the state tournament's a, a funny thing. But, you know, you go back to that Richfield team, that young Richfield team that got in. You know, this is where, as a coaching staff, you really use this as a springboard for next year and the year after that because when you've got a young team that made it to state there is no reason why that young team shouldn't make it to state the next year right and so you use this as a program builder and so you know if you're richfield man that's really what you got to do here and i'm sure they are
1: for sure casey hendron just a sophomore made the second team all tournament team for richfield shelby jones won the sixth man award 7.7 7.7 points per game, three rebounds per game, 1.7 blocks per game off the bench. And, you know, Torrey Truman was a great player inside for Richfield as well. For Kerry, Shaley Smith made the honorable mention all conference or all tournament team, as did Tori Truman from Richfield. So that's what happened at the 1AD twos. And then, you know, you had Filer at the 3A, Declow at the 2A. Both teams came in as the number eight seeds both teams went two and out, which is, you know, when you get slotted into that number eight seed and you're playing the best right away, it's hard. We didn't see a single eight beat a one and we really haven't seen it, you know, since we've gone to max preps right in volleyball. We saw it in soccer like once maybe, but Mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, if you're in that eight seed, it's, it's really tough. And from there, you know, both Deklo. And Feiler went two and out, but nice season still nonetheless.
0: Yeah, you know, and and that's exactly right. And you take it for what it is. You were the eight seed, period. you got to play the best, you know. So now at least what you have with Feiler and is is you got to see the best. So you know what your game has to be like now. If you want to contend at the state tournament, you just played the number one. So maybe you can use that as something to shoot for, you know, in the future. It's like we have to be that good. And so, if there's something to take out of being the eighth seed, if you're one of those two teams, that's it.
1: For sure, Caden Spencer of Declo made the uh, honorable mention all-con or uh, all-tournament team, and for Filer, Lexi Monson made the honorable mention all-tournament team as well. So, all in all, you know, a pretty decent season for girls basketball in the Magic Valley. One state championship, and a lot of teams that did well. And the 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 problem is, Scott, when you get to the the three A two A level is those conferences are so small that now the non-conference scheduling becomes super important, especially with this max preps ranking moving forward. And then conversely, all the other leagues are larger leagues. So you have less wiggle room to boost your max preps ranking.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's really kind of, you know, put an interesting twist on, on scheduling um, at, at, at all levels really. But, you know, when you have X amount of spots for non-con games, You've got to be really selective on, on who you fill that with because you've got to think about, gosh, and I even hate to say it. I mean, you, you really do have to think about improving your ranking if you if you have a state caliber team, you know, because the last thing you want to do is get stuck as a, a seven or eight and then play one of the top two teams when you think maybe you should be a four, you know, but your max prep ranking says otherwise. So, yeah, it it really makes it interesting on the scheduling part of things.
1: Yeah, and we'll see how that goes as we move forward and teams and athletic directors and coaches try to adjust there. But um, yeah, it was a great season for girls basketball. Let's transition now to boys basketball. You know, a couple of bids have been clinched from the Magic Valley so far. And again, if you're watching the video version of this on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, uh, we're going to uh, show the brackets up on the screen so you can kind of follow along with what we are looking at and if you are listening, on only at Idaho sports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, we have all the boys district brackets right on the homepage at idahosports.com. So let's go ahead and pull up. Let's just start in the, uh, the great basin conference here, the four a ranks. Here's where we sit. Jerome will play Burley. It's a one versus a two. And that'll be for the district championship. Wednesday night we're recording this Wednesday
0: afternoon
1: and so Scott you must be getting ready for for a district championship game
0: this yeah, year yeah you betcha I just got the gym all set up ready to go um, we're gonna have Burley showing up here in a, you know about an hour and a half or so and uh, it should be a really good game because these two teams played obviously twice before and and uh, even though Jerome is b- b- blistering their schedule these two games were close Burley is a really good basketball team on the boys side now we've just got done talking about how good the girls are this is a Burley team that that I fully expect to be at state and could get a couple of wins based on you know where they're where they're ranked in place but man these guys are these guys are good they've got it all they've got the size they've got the shooters um they're fast I mean they they've, they've got it going on should be a really good game
1: what Max Stannard has done in his second year as the coach there, you know, after coming over from CUNA, it's been phenomenal. I mean, it's been very impressive what he's been able to do in just a short amount of time. I was surprised that not that Burley beat Minico in the district semifinals, but but the margin of victory, you know, they won by 30, you know, or or 20 points, 58, mm-hmm. 38. It, it was eye-opening to me.
0: Yeah, if Burley can get off and start shooting the basketball they're dangerous because Minico's going to, you know, we know Minico, they're, they're that kind of team that is, they want it ugly. They, they don't have a lot of scoring outside of uh, Brevin. And if they can slow it down, take some air out of the ball, physically you up and make it kind of ugly, they need those low scoring games. Burley comes out just smoking hot and that put an end to that theory real quick.
1: And then in a loser out game tonight as well, we have Minico hosting mountain home and I'll be honest, I, I'm not sure how this goes. I think either team. Honestly, I like Jerome to win tonight against Burley. And then I think between Burley, Minico and Mountain Home throw a dart at the board and whoever plays the best over these last two games at districts, I think it's that second spot.
0: You know what? And I think if if Jerome is to get by Burley tonight, if. I mean, we I mean, I'm still the superstitious coach as well. <laughs> right. Uh but I I I think I think Burley is is the second seed. I think this whole district goes chalk. Now, whether or not Minico beats Mountain Home tonight, eh, that'll be – I will tell you this, though, take the under. (laughs) (laughs) Because Mountain Home loves to take the air out of the ball as well. Minico likes to kind of mess things up and make it ugly. This ought to be a really fun game just for that fact alone. But I do see Burley and Jerome are the two teams coming out of this bracket.
1: Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun to to chart that and see how it goes. If we move on to the 3A ranks, uh, how about this? You had Kimberly, you know, defeat top-seeded Buell in what was the de facto district championship game, 47-42. So Kimberly gets to state. You know, I think a lot of people would tell you Kimberly was the best team in that league this year. What happened was there was like this crazy, like three-way tie, and so Buell got the number one seed on the tiebreakers, but I think most people will tell you Kimberly was the best team. Um, and then how about Buell? Not only do they lose to Kimberly, but then they turn around and lose to Filer by a point 43, 42. So Buell goes from the top seed to Dunzo and Filer is a team that I've seen in person this year. They just, they're, they're really good and scrappy and competitive, but they don't have the size. They don't mm-hmm. have, they don't have that one big they can lean on. It's a lot of, you know, five ten to six foot players, but now you've got basically Kimberly and Filer duking it out for the district championship. And the winner gets to go to state. The loser will have to go to a play in game.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, watching kind of from a distance, this, uh, conference, I, 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 Kimberly was, I think the best team in this conference all season long. Uh, they have, they have the size, they've got the speed, they've got athletes, you know, the, the, I mean, they gave us some fits here, um, and that's just a really good team. It, yeah, it did surprise me that Buell lost the one to Filer. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. Um, but, uh, boy, t- t- talk about some confidence now with Filer going in. Um, I think Kimberly wins this game. I think Filer goes on and plays, you know, that 5-6 B team um, on, I think it's Saturday, and – Hopefully they get a chance to represent the Magic Valley as well. But I but I like this Kimberly team. I always have all season long.
1: Yeah, it's probably gonna be Snake River that gets to that play in game and they're they're good. They're very good. They just happen to be in the same conference as the defending three A champs from Marsh Valley. So
0: um,
1: you, you need to win that you need to win that game tonight if you're Kimberly. You you do not want to be in a play in game with Snake nope. River.
0: No, no, you don't want to be on anything with Snake River, no matter what it is. You just, it, you don't want to play Snake River in anything. Yeah.
1: Can I ask you real quick uh, earlier this year, Snake River's boys coach, uh, Robert Coombs, Bob Coombs picked up his 500th career win. Has then any, has, has anybody done that in Idaho previously?
0: 500 wins. Yes. Uh, yeah. That I pff, not, not to my knowledge. I mean, you break that down. I mean, do the math. You know, you, you figure you're, you're getting, let's say, nine wins a season, right? Um, carry the one. Jeez, uh, nine wins a season. So that's about, roughly about 55 years, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I think he's been coaching there for 30 years, but that that equates yeah. out to like – you know, 18 or 19 wins a year, every year.
0: Yeah. Very impressive. That's insane. I mean, I mean, really, when you think about that, it's, I mean, you would have to go how many years? I mean, 30 in a 30 year career, which is insane to begin with. That's averaging every single year, almost 17 wins a game or a year. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.
1: So, so Kimberly needs to win this game tonight if they really want to assure themselves a spot at state. Mm-hmm. All right, the, two, the 2A, the Canyon Conference, we talked about how wild this regular season was and how unpredictable this tournament was going to be, and you saw it bear out where uh, Wendell, the number two seed, the team that won this district last year, goes two and out. They lost in their opening round game to Valley after uh, winning the regular season series. They lost by 10. And then they lost to deck. We talked about this Deklo team below 500, but appeared to be peaking at the right time. And now you've got Valley and Deklo playing uh, tomorrow night. Deklo needs to win that game to force the if necessary game. Valley could be the number three seed going in, and with a win tomorrow night, win the district as well.
0: Crazy, isn't it? It's <laughs> it's amazing what uh, you know, momentum, and, and getting hot at the right time will do for you. And, uh, you know, you see teams all season long just peak a little bit too soon to where they're not chasing anything anymore. They, they've kind of hit their plateau. And, and I don't think this Valley team is, is done rising yet just because they're, they're just getting great at the right time. And, and as, if you've never coached, then that's a hard concept to explain. And the journey that has to happen in order for a team to get to that point, it it truly is uh, something that as a coach, you have to understand that this basketball season, it's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know, and we see so many teams just come out of the gate swinging and then win their first date and they're looking great. And then pretty soon it's like, they cannot keep up that energy forever. I think Valley has paced themselves the right way. And I think that's what you see when you get a team hot, going into district, peaking at the right time.
1: Yes. You talked about it and and you had talked to Valley coach, Brian Hardy earlier in the season. And he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not too worried about, yeah, we lost to Wendell and they kind of ran us out of the gym, but I'm not worried about it because we were injured and we were missing a lot of our key guys. And it sounded like, you know, the main focus for them was on districts. And now here they are with the opportunity to advance the state. Man, he's, he's been to state a lot, Coach Hardy. So he, know, he knows what he's doing, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: no, there's no question. And, and it, it's a veteran coach who understands not to get too excited about things in the regular season. You know, it's, it's a, always a, a litmus test during the regular season when you match up against these teams. See where you're at. They're all measuring sticks. But really, at the end of the day, it's all about that district tournament. But you can't burn yourself out emotionally before you get there. And, and a lot of teams do that to where they've got nothing emotionally left in the tank because they've, they've spent it all during the regular season. And, and coach Hardy, he'd been around enough, you know, he he knows how to, how to do that the right way. Definitely.
1: One AD ones, you've got Oakley winning the district. They went undefeated in district play in the regular season. And they, you know, they, they won the district tournament. And I, I don't even think they were really ever challenged, you know, lighthouse, Christian ended up playing Oakley in the championship and Oakley won that game by nine. And now at the bottom half of the bracket, how about Murtaugh, you know, as the number two seed and they got the two seed on a couple of tiebreakers, but you know, they go, they go two and out essentially. And because of that, now you've got raft river and lighthouse a four and a three playing for the right to take that second spot to state.
0: Yeah. Just piggyback off the conversation we just had. You know about getting hot at the right time and having an experienced coach. Uh, you know, Lighthouse uh, Daquan Montreal. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He's been around the sport a very long time. Uh, and and before I forget, on that bracket it says Jerome High School, February twenty third. That's tonight, right? That game has been pushed to tomorrow, the twenty fourth, due to our district championship game. So, gotcha. Uh, okay. Yeah that that was a change that was made once we realized what was happening with our own team here. But yeah, I mean, again, I, I like this lighthouse team and the way that they're coached and, and uh, the way they get up and down the floor and they've got some, they've got some pieces there. And I think that Ref river game is going to be a really fun one tomorrow. And I'll be here watching that one.
1: Yeah. I'm excited to hear your take on that. And you, t- you know, you talked about Allen Iverson earlier and boy, Clay Silva really reminds me of him because he's smaller but man, he can really put the ball in the net and he's kind of the engine that makes this lighthouse team go Clay.
0: Oh yeah. No question about it. And then again, it goes kind of back to the Amari Whiting thing we talked about. I mean, how good and how well trained is that supporting cast to feed off of them and, and have roles to play. And I think lighthouse does a really good job of that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And for Oakley, congratulations on advancing to state. You know, Scott, I will mention at the 1A D1 girls tournament that I was at, the Oakley boys were there throughout the tournament and not even just for Oakley's mm-hmm. games. You know, they were there when Raft River was playing and kind of becoming Wrath River fans. And then I know they went across town when Burley was playing and they joined the Burley student section. And so for the Oakley boys that were there and competing, they really, for me, redefined what sportsmanship is all about, because these are fellow magic valley teams and they kind of took up the mantle and said yeah let's let's really cheer on our own here from the magic valley it was really fun to watch
0: yeah i love that kind of thing too because you don't get that in the bigger schools you know you you just you don't i think right now in these days that is a, a strictly a small school trait and because the small schools are more about community than any of the bigger schools are you know there's very little loyalty in some of the 5A schools and even some of the 4As, unless you're coming from a town town. But when you get into those 1As and those 2As, it's all about community. And sometimes that community doesn't necessarily mean it's your school, you know, and to do what they did, man, I wish I wish schools around the state would take a lesson from that, because that's what makes it fun. And can you imagine what it felt like to be one of those, you know, Raft River people or the Burley people or whatever, just that community. And these kids show up in another school and they're cheering for you. I mean, come on. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. And then conversely, it went the other way too, where, you know, the Oakley girls were playing very early Friday in a loser out game and the raft river girls were playing in the semifinals and they didn't have to be to the gym until, you know, five o'clock at night, but they got there at 12 to cheer on raft river and their, their or to cheer on Oakley and their girls basketball team was right behind the Oakley bench you know, cheering on those Oakley girls as well. So they they got to the gym early on Friday, knowing they had a semifinal game just to cheer on their fellow Magic Valley team, which I thought was really cool also.
0: Yeah, absolutely love that. And I wish more, more schools would do that. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, finally, 1A D2s. We've got the district championship game tonight, Wednesday night. It is number one, Carry. It is number three, Camas County. Now you can't really... Take into account the seeds because Camas County has been one of the top ranked teams in the polls all year. There was a three way tie for first between Cary, Camas County, and Castleford. So they all, you know, one, two, three are all pretty solid. The winner of this game advances to state. The loser of this game will probably have to play Castleford, you know, for the right to take that second bid. And like I said, these teams all beat up on each other during the regular season. So tonight's district championship. A very important game to win for both Carey and Camus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it seems like we talked a lot about Camus during the football season. It's the year of the musher, and especially on boys' sports, they are having a fantastic year. Um, but uh, boy, this—you're right—that log jam at the top with Carey, Camus, and Castleford—I one versus three—it's more like one versus one. And uh, that should be a really fun game uh, for both of these teams. But uh, you you can't help but pull for the underdog just a little bit because the year of the musher is it's kind of it's it's been the theme. It's been really cool to see them have all this success Uh, and it's continuing basketball.
1: is one of those teams that always seems to be at state. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, Coach Simpson has done a tremendous job with that boys program. And, you know, I guess we shouldn't officially pencil in Castleford because they have to play the Cutthroats, the Sun Valley Community School, uh, in the third and fourth place game tonight as well. You know, Sun Valley knocked off Dietrich, upset Dietrich earlier this week, 54-52. Clay Wanner is the coach of the Cutthroats, and he's done a nice job with that team. And, you know, maybe they're riding the wave a little bit. Who knows? Maybe Sun Valley Community School is ready to make a little Cinderella run also.
0: Yeah, you know it's funny because you you talk about the community school and it's almost regulated to soccer, you know, and you talk about them now making some noise in the district basketball tournament, pulling an upset. I, wow, go cutthroats!
1: That'll be that'll be really fun to watch them play Castle Ford tonight uh, in the third place or third and fourth place game. And then, yeah, Carris mm-hmm. and uh, K- Cary and Camus County. All those games taking place at Shoshone High School. So it's a doubleheader tonight. Castle Ford, Sun Valley up first at six. Cary and Camus County will follow after that. So that's going to be our last peek at boys district basketball uh, before state. You know, by the time we're talking next week, we'll know all the bids. We'll know where everybody's playing and we'll have the big breakdown Yeah, Scott, we're going to do a live preview show again, like we did for girls basketball, where we, you know, brought on all of the broadcasters and broke down all the brackets. So all of the basketball fans next week can can expect that again, probably next Tuesday night, seven o'clock, just like we did for the girls.
0: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And uh, just listening to all of that kind of felt like uh, I was part of the other gymnasiums where the brackets were, even though I was kind of, you know, regulated to the foray, I had a little bit of background and it was fun. It was very informative and very well done. Great job with the host, whoever that was.
1: Yeah. Some average Joe. I'm not, yeah, I don't know about that. Hey, speaking of live preview shows, Scott, as well, uh, tonight, Wednesday night, seven o'clock live on Facebook, YouTube and Twitter, we are going to have our state wrestling preview show. I'm going to be joined by Brian Zollinger who, you know, he lives in Idaho falls, but he, he knows wrestling, almost better than anybody in the state of Idaho. And we're going to be taking everybody's questions and comments and shout outs and man state wrestling coming up at Holt Arena in Pocatello this weekend on the boys side, you know, both Jerome and Minico, I think are heading to state with championship aspirations.
0: They are, um, you know, Jerome is the defending foray a state champions. uh, They've got the work cut out for them though. Uh, I mean, they're, they're very well coached. Um, I'll put it that way. I mean, they they've got the the, the knowledge base with you know Coach Larson and Coach Ringling. They're just amazing, but they did lose uh, some state champions from last year. So even though they're defending their title, I still it, it's Nampa and Minico. I think is got to be one two, and I think Jerome's going to try to play spoiler this year. Um, but they have they have enough to make some noise. It's just going to see how things fall. But Nampa and Minico are solid this year.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of good competition and the first officially sanctioned girls wrestling competition as well. We'll see if any Magic Valley competitors can do well uh, on the girls bracket as well. So that'll be a lot of fun to chart throughout the weekend. So,
0: Yeah, it really will be interesting to see what kind of momentum the first girls state tournament generates and then what kind of interest from other, you know, in, in the schools and other programs moving forward that's going to do. Because, you know, it's there's a... Few schools that are just solid in girls wrestling, and then there's some that just don't have anybody out. So I'm curious to see the residual effect of having the first tournament, see what it, what it does.
1: Can only get bigger and better, that's for sure. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it for this edition of the Magic Valley Prep Cast on IdahoSports.com. Uh, next week we will have a, a live show again, the boys basketball state tournament preview special, and we'll put that into your podcast feed. Uh, so if you just subscribe to the Magic Valley pod, or prepcast wherever you download your podcasts or you follow it on YouTube or whatever, uh, we will have that boys basketball preview special for you next week. And uh, very excited because I think a lot of Magic Valley teams have potential to bring home trophies uh, in boys hoops. So,
0: yep, absolutely. There are some really good teams in basketball in, in Magic Valley here. So we'll be talking about every single one of them next Tuesday. No doubt.
1: All right, Scott. Enjoy that district championship tonight as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. You you uh, playing DJ? You you playing the ones and twos? I am.
0: I am. I am, uh, am DJ, and I'm the PA guy. I'm PA guy for all of our home games, football, basketball, checkers. You know, whatever. Uh, so I'll be on the mic and spinning some records, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a great time. Hopefully, it has a good ending.
1: Yeah, for sure. The Oakley Boys went over to the PA announcer at Columbia at State last week and uh, requested a Backstreet Boys song. I want it that way. And they did a little dance routine to it and got the crowd all revved up. So it was a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Love that. That's awesome. That's funny because when when I was uh, spinning records for them uh, at their tournament, that was one of the songs that was on my playlist for them. And uh, that's great. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So we'll see if the girls reciprocate for the boys at state next week.
0: We'll see. Yeah, that. they better, and if they all listen to this, they dang well better.
1: <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, I'll let you go. Get ready for that. Thank you for tuning in once again to the Magic Valley Prepcast on IdahoSports.com for Scott Burton. I'm Brandon Bainey. Enjoy the competition this weekend, everybody, and we'll see you back here next time on IdahoSports.com.